0: Thank you, Pastor Tom, it's really an honor to be here. And all of you, um, you know, uh, City Church has been uh, a partner with Lighthouse Church, a supporter of Lighthouse Church for many, many years uh, now. And actually, just recently, you guys were instrumental in helping us uh, build a food pantry space. <clears throat> that Extended Hands Pantry, Andy and Jenny, from the house here, are running over there at, uh, at Lighthouse. And you, you know and what's beautiful is that Thousands, thousands of people come to receive food, but now on Sundays, we see the fruit. We see people that came to the food pantry and now are coming on Sundays to receive the spiritual bread. So thank you very much for your support, and uh, it's really a true honor to be here. And yes, I broke my tibia. I'm I'm, I'm towards the end. I started physical therapy uh, this week, and I was on a a mission trip. I wish I could tell you I was carrying Bibles up a mountain and... Something like that. But the truth is, I was playing soccer. (laughs) So we were doing a Bible camp with uh, children there. And we decided to play the adults versus the children. I was part of the adults team, by the way. And there was this one kid there that throughout the week, I was just connecting with him. And, um, you know, just a, a, a cute kid there in Mexico. We were about an hour away from Guadalajara. And the day that we were playing soccer, before the program, we decided to do the, the soccer match, and he was wearing—I don't know how much you know about soccer—but he was wearing a Cristiano Ronaldo jersey, you know. And if you know Cristiano Ronaldo, he's one of the best players uh, in the world. And you know, we're playing, and he's messing with me, and he's saying, you know, oh, Pastor Marcio, we're, you're too old, and we're gonna beat you. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna school you and teach you how to play real soccer. And we're messing around, so I score a goal. And then I look at him and I decide to celebrate like Cristiano Ronaldo celebrates. So after I score the goal, the way, what he does is like, he jumps in the air, he does a flip, and he lands in his two feet like that and celebrates. So I score the goal, I jump in the air to look at him, to mess with him, and when I land, my knee goes back and to the side, <laughs> and all, all over the place. But the good thing is that the adults won the game, that goal won the game, and the game ended at that time so so we won (laughs) so that is good but i still physical therapy this week so i'm getting i'm getting better praise god well let's pray let's uh, you know i have a message that the lord put in my heart to share with you and let's pray so that uh, he will receive all the glory so father god we give you thanks for this time thank you for the opportunity that we have to to gather here in your name Uh, Father, I give you thanks for City Church, for the leadership here, for the members here, for just the blessing that they are to this city. And Father, we put this time in your hands. I pray that you will take control over this uh, time, over the words that I'm about to speak. Father, that it will be your name exalted in everything that I do and say during this uh, service. And Father, I pray that your word will come out with power and authority. Father, I declare that your your word will come out and it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Father, I. Declare that your word has the power to transform hearts and to renew minds, and Father, and, and I say, do it, do it today in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Amen. Amen. So everybody say, Speak Lord. "Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening." I mean, that's what Samuel did, and the Lord spoke. So you know, before the fall of man, um, before Adam and Eve sinned and ate from the forbidden fruit. They were complete. They were secure in God. They had everything that they needed. They had everything that they wanted. They had it all. You know, uh, they had His presence. The Bible talks about how he was walking with them. God was walking with them in the, in the cool of the, of the afternoons. and he, They had his company. They had his protection. You know, Adam and Eve, they had his friendship. They had his love. They had his provision. They had his authority. They had his perfection. They had it all. There wasn't one thing that Adam and Eve needed before the fall. But Satan, being Satan, he comes... And the way that he shows up is by telling them that there's something more. That they have a need. That there's something that they want that they don't even know that they want it. You know, and he tells them, oh, you know, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because then you, you'll be like him. There's something new. There's something better. And, you know, we are all born because of sin. As a result of that, we are all born with an emptiness, that we're constantly trying to fill up. Everybody here has an emptiness, something that we want to fill up. And, you know, we want to be loved. Who doesn't want to be loved? We want to be wanted. We want to be secure. We want to be listened to. We want to be heard. You know, we want people to notice us. We want to belong to something. And until we understand that only in God we will be satisfied and find everything that we need, we will spend the rest of our lives trying to fill our lives with something that at the end is going to disappoint us. That, that is the truth. And we get married, and, and, and yeah, we hope that our spouse is going to fulfill that desire we want, and, and you know, we get an education, we work, and there's all these different things that are good. But we're hoping that these things are going to fill that emptiness. And I'm hoping that my spouse is going to give me that love that maybe I never got from, from a parent. Or I'm hoping that, that my boss is going to notice me at work because no one else has noticed me. I was never noticed at work. Or I'm hoping that I will belong to something because, you know, when I was younger, I was never picked up by the, by the captain of the team. I was always the last one. And we always had that desire. And we need to understand that only in God we will find the satisfaction that we're looking for. Only God can fill those voids. Yes, our spouse can love us. Yes, our boss can give us a raise. Yes, all these things can happen. But you know what? Our spouse will disappoint us. Our spouse or our co-workers will disappoint us. This world will disappoint us. And we will never find in this world... In marriage, in work, in an education, in whatever it is that you're doing, in your hobbies, you will never find what only God can give you. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And today I want to use the story of uh, someone that is very well known in the Bible, uh, Jacob. We know Jacob. He is the son of Isaac, and he has a brother, uh, Esau. And he deceives his brother, Esau, and then he needs to run away. And he goes to his uncle's house, Laban. And Laban, the Bible tells us, Laban has two daughters. The name of one is Rachel, and the name of the other one is Leah. And let me tell you what the Bible says about Leah. In Genesis chapter 29, verses 16 and 17 says, Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older one was Leah, and the name of the younger one was Rachel. Listen, Leah had weak eyes. Oh, but Rachel had a lovely figure, and she was beautiful. There's another version uh, that says that there was no sparkle in Leah's eyes anymore. But then it says that Rachel was beautiful. And the Bible tells us that Jacob comes here, he sets his eyes on Rachel, and Jacob says, she's beautiful. I want her. She, you know, right now, uh, Jacob is in a new land, His brother wanted to kill him. He's probably feeling stressed. He's probably wondering what's happening. And he says, if I marry this woman, things will be okay. This is what I want. This is what is going to bring joy into my life. That's what he's saying. And I can imagine Leah probably feeling like, you know, no one looks at me. The the grass is always greener, on Rachel's house, on Rachel's side. Everybody wants Rachel. Everybody's talking about Rachel. Rachel is always the captain of the team. No one even knows that I can even be part of the team. And oftentimes we feel like Leah. Everybody got a promotion but me. My spouse left me. This marriage is good, what, what about my marriage? My children are not walking with the Lord. No one notices me. My parents rejected me when I was little. And we feel like Leah. And you know we lose that sparkle in our eye things are not shining for us anymore and we feel discouraged and then the bible says that jacob wants to marry rachel which is the youngest daughter and in that culture you know it made no sense and he's willing to work seven years jacob is willing to work seven years to marry this woman and Laban said you work for me for seven years And you can have Rachel. And if you know the story, the Bible says that he works the seven years. And on the wedding night, Laban goes to Leah and says, you go. You go into the room instead of Rachel. Imagine how she must have failed, Leah. Morning comes and Jacob realizes that this is not Rachel. And she's rejected once again. The world rejects her. The world disappoints her, and she's feeling horrible. And not only that, but Jacob is, Jacob is upset, and he says, I'm willing to work another seven years so that I can finally get Rachel. Imagine how Leah must be feeling. And I'm saying this because I'm sure there's some Leah's in this place, and we're feeling like we are being Overlooked. So now let's read the part of the story that I want us to focus on. And it's Genesis 29, and we're going to read verses 31 to 35. And he says, the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was unable to have children. Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. I want everybody to say Reuben. Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am in love, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simon. Everybody says Simon. Simon. Simeon. Is that how you say it, Simeon? Simeon. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, now this time my husband... Will be attached to me because I have born and gave birth to a son and said, This time, a son, and therefore he was named Levi. Everybody say Levi. Yeah. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Everybody say Judah. Yeah. And then she stopped having children. So what is happening here? Leah has her eyes on Jacob. Leah is not feeling loved. Leah wants Jacob to look at her. Leah wants Jacob to see her. Leah wants Jacob to hear her. Leah wants Jacob to notice her. And God does something. God opens her womb. Rachel at this time, the one thing that Rachel doesn't have is that she cannot have children. But now Leah can have children. So this is what Leah is thinking. Now, because of this thing, Jacob is going to want me. And the Bible says that she named her son Reuben. Reuben means he sees, God sees me. So here's what's happening. God sees Leah, but Leah is not too concerned about God seeing her. What she wants is for Jacob to see her. And oftentimes when we're trying to fill those voids and those those emptiness, we don't look to God because what we want is for this person to fill my void. What we want is for this situation to work on my behalf. What we want is for our boss in our business to notice us. And we're not looking at God. And she names this boy Simeon, I mean, Reuben. This is a reminder that God sees her, and yet her eyes are fixed on Jacob. And you know what the Bible says about our God? The Bible says that he saw the affliction of the Israelites and sent a deliverer. This is the God that we have. The Bible says that there's, there was this woman named Rahab, that God saw her in the desert when she was rejected, when she was really, ready to die with her son. The Bible says that God saw her and helped her. You know, the Bible tells us that God saw our situation and he sent his only beloved son, to die for you and for me, so that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have an everlasting life. And when you read about this amazing Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Bible says that he saw the multitude and had compassion on them. So here we have God who sees Leah, who sees her need, who sees her situation, but Leah is not interested in God looking at her. Leah wants Jacob. Look at her. She has a reminder every day of a son whose name is God is Seeing You. But no, she wanted Jacob to see me. Oh, now Jacob is gonna love me. Now Jacob is gonna see me because I have a son. But you know what? She was not satisfied. And then the Bible says that she had another son and she named him Simeon. You know that name means God hears. He hears us. But she said, instead of saying, oh, God is hearing my prayer, she says, now Jacob is going to hear me. First, he's not looking at me. Well, now maybe he's going to hear me. And she has this son and names him Levi because she's hoping that Jacob is going to hear her and her requests and her demands and the things that she wants. Jacob, if you can only hear what I need. And God says, well, I hear you. I gave you another child. And again, you know what the Bible says about our God? That he heard the cry of his people and he rescued them. The Bible says that he hears our requests and he answers them. He hears you when you're crying. He hears your prayers. And even though God, the almighty God, the all loving God hears us, we're saying, well, I want my spouse to hear me. I want my boss to hear me. I want my pastor to hear me. And we're trying to get our field with all these people around us that are not hearing us. And God says, I hear you. I hear you. But since she wants Jacob to hear him, you know, she's not satisfied. And then the Bible says that she has yet another son, Levi. You know what Levi means? To be attached to. And she names this kid Levi because she says, now Jacob is going to be attached to me. We're going to become one. Again with this Jacob. (laughs) Amen. And you know what God says? I want to be one with you. God says, how about if I'm the head of this body and you are the body? I mean, that's how attached we want to be. I want to pour out my Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit God, into your life. I want you to be the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's how attached. That's how, how much I want to be joined with you. And yet Leah is saying, I want Jacob to be attached to me. And again, she's looking at Jacob. And that's usually how we are. If my spouse loves me, then I will feel love. Well, what about the love of God? If my boss noticed me, then I will feel like someone is actually paying attention to me. And God says, Why? Well, I'm paying attention to you. If my parents heard me, but they only hear my younger brother or my older sister or whatever. And God says, Why well, can't I hear you? But because her eyes are fixed on the things of this world, she keeps getting disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, years. We're taking here years, we're reading this in a few minutes. But this is already three children. I mean, at least three years have gone by. And guess what? For three years, she's been disappointed. At the seven years that she knows what's his name, Jacob is working for Rachel, that's ten years. And the other seven years, I mean, most of her life, she has been disappointed because she wants to fill the void that she thinks Jacob is going to fill. And nothing is happening. Church, getting a raise at work is not gonna make you feel happy for the rest of your life. But we want the newest thing. We always want the better, the better thing, the new iPhone, the new this, the new that. Everything needs to be better. And then we always end up a bit disappointed. But then something happens. Something clicked. And this is my prayer that as I'm speaking this to you, something will click in your life. Because listen, and let's go back to our, uh, our text. Because listen to what it says in verse 35. And then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Judah means praise the Lord. And this is what it says. Then she stopped having children. And this is the interesting thing. Rachel actually had more children. But in this portion of scripture, it says that she stopped having children. And that's very important. You know why? Because she came to the realization that it's not about Jacob anymore. You know, she's like, I want Jacob to see me. There's Reuben. I want Jacob to hear me. There's Simeon. I want Jacob to be attached to me. There's Levi. This time she said, you know what? Enough with Jacob. This time I'm just going to worship the Lord. And guess what? She was satisfied. She was satisfied. The Bible says, and she stopped having children. She didn't need any more children. Why? Because her eyes were not on Jacob anymore. Her eyes were on Jesus. Her eyes were on the Lord. And she said... I'm just gonna worship the Lord. I've been frustrated all my life. I've been sad all of my life. I have felt unwanted all of my life. I have felt like I'm always a, a, a dollar short and a minute late all of my life. And now this time, I'm going to focus on Jesus because he is the only one that can satisfy me. So now that I have this son, I'm not going to name him something that I want Jacob to do for me. I'm just going to name him Judah because I'm going to praise the Lord. And you know, there are people here today that you need to stop looking at the world. You need to stop looking to find the joy in your children, in your spouse, in marriage, in your education, in your work, in whatever it is. I'm not saying these things are bad. Get married. It's good. Most of the time, a lot of the time. <laughs> no, marriage is good. Get married, have children, get an education, do all these things. But you know what? They are not gonna give you the joy that only God can give. They are not gonna heal your soul, they're not gonna save you. But God says, I am faithful and I will give you what you need. But you need to look at me. I mean, and God is almost like going like this hey, I'm here. I'm here, you're waiting for that captain of the team to pick you for his team, I already picked you. I chose you, I love you first, you didn't even know about me when I was already loving you. I sent my only son to die on the cross for you when you were shaking your fist and screaming, crucify him, and the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only son Jesus, but you know, it says that he became man and we beheld his glory, but we did not pay attention to him because we were too busy. That's the story of humanity. You know that the people of God, they had God, the king of the kings, the Lord of lords and the king of the kings, the king almighty. And yet they go to God and they said, we need a king. Everybody has a king but us. I mean, we have you, but, but like a real king. Like a manly king with limited power. <laughs> that will last about, I don't know, 20, 20 years or so. That's what we want. <laughs> that is going to mess up our lives for the rest of our lives. But, but that's, that's how we are. And we want this, and we want that. Because, you know, if we have a king, we're going to be happy. And we're going to be mighty, and we're going to be powerful. So give us the king. God, if I had a wife, if I had a husband, then I would truly be happy. God, if my children were saved, then that's all I need. That would be the last prayer, God. If I had a better job, if I get a promotion, if I get this, if I get that, and we're looking here and we're looking there and God is up there and he says, all you need is me. So take your eyes away from this, look at me, start worshiping me, and you know what the Bible says? And everything else, seek free at first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and everything else, everything, all the things that you think you need and you want will be added unto you. That's an extra, says God. But all you need is me. I am what you need. So worship me. Praise me. And you know, the funny thing is, no funny thing, but interesting thing is that, as I said before, she continued to have children. But I think what God is telling us is she didn't need the children anymore to find her joy. It wasn't the children that were giving her meaning or satisfaction. It was God. And she turned her mindset around and she decided that now, moving forward, I'm going to praise the Lord. And I like how he says that in this version. This time, I'm just going to praise the Lord. And God is saying, it is time for some of you to start praising me. Amen? Yeah. She got in a place in her life where she understood that what she needed was God. She got to the place in her life where she understood that in these worlds, there are going to be tribulation but we can rejoice because God. She got to the place in her life where she was able to realize that God is our everything. She got to the place in her life where she was able to say like Jacob, it is no longer I who live, but the life that now I live is in Jesus. And that's what she needed. And that's what she received. And then that portion of scripture ends with a person that is satisfied. I will fix my eyes on him and nothing else. I will fill my void with God and nothing else because Jacob hasn't been working. I will seek him and only him. My fullness is in him. My security is in him. My identity is in him. My healing is in him. My salvation is in him. My authority is in him. My security is in him. We are here one day and not the next. I was sharing with someone that we have someone at the church, the member of the church, the brother passed away last week on Saturday. And this person flew to Mexico and uh, to do the funeral there. And while this person is in Mexico, the sister was so upset, the sister who is live here, living here in Madison was so upset that she had a heart attack and she passed away yesterday. Brother and sister in one week. And I'm supposed to call this person. And I'm talking to my wife and we're praying. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. And she knows I'm speaking this message. She's like, well, tell, her, tell him to praise Jesus. And I even feel like I cannot say that, but I should Because that's what we need to do. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of our storms, in the midst of our struggles. I love my children. I mean, they give me joy. They're my everything to me. And my oldest son just turned 18 and he's going to college and he went to school uh, in Chicago an hour and 47 minutes away from my house. (laughs) And um, so he's over there. And you know, and there's a void in the house. I mean, it's first time that one of our kids goes away. My youngest daughter is, uh, we only have two children, my youngest one is 15, and there's a void. There's an emptiness. And my wife, I mean, we're both struggling, but my wife is like, oh, you know, my son, you know, why can't he stay with us and live with us? And I was telling her, just find a hobby, Tia. I mean, that's what I said, like, something that will keep you busy and entertained, because, you know, you always are thinking about Marcito, and I call him Marcito, he's Marcio, but, you know, you always want to, you know, and it's like, find a hobby, but you know what, our hobbies are not going to take away that emptiness that is always there, and she didn't find a hobby, so instead, what we told him is, like, you should come every weekend and be with us, and and there's free food, and we'll take you to wherever you want to eat, and, 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 you know, you can do laundry here. And so far, it's worked. <laughs> so he's here right now. So, uh, you know, but the truth is, I love my children. But one day, they're going to leave us. And I love my spouse. But, you know, she will disappoint me, and I will disappoint her. And I love my work. But you know what? My joy cannot come from my work, from my spouse, because it will be incomplete. My joy needs to come from the Lord. My satisfaction cannot come from my work or the titles that I have or the promotion that I got or who I am in society because this world will disappoint you. So we need to fix our eyes on the Lord. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know who is disappointing you. I don't know who you're trying to call attention to. But the one that you should be calling attention to is already paying attention to you. And you're actually here today because he loves you. You're actually here today because he wants to tell you, I see you. I see what you're going through. I see and I know what you need. I hear your prayers every night. But you need to move your head from that thing. You need to shift your mindset from that thing that you think is going to fulfill you. And you need to start worshiping me. Even if you're working in ministry. I mean, this week was missions. Even, even if you have a mission, whatever you're doing, you need to focus on Jesus. You know, when I was in Mexico and I broke, I broke my leg, I was there for four days with a broken leg I didn't even know it because I couldn't get an x-ray. <laughs> So in the middle, I'm trying to heal my broken bone with ice, <laughs> you know, and my knees there, and I couldn't do a lot of the things that I was supposed to do. I was supposed to preach. I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to do a lot of, uh, lead a lot of things, and I couldn't do a lot of those things, and then, you know, there were, like, three nurses in the team that wouldn't let me do anything, and, and they're telling me what to do, and, like, just stay in the room, and do this, and do that, and you know what? There was this one night that I was feeling frustrated, because, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm like a go-getter. You know, when I go, I have to do this. I can't stay still. I, I want to get busy and, and, you know, and I want to do this. And I'm supposed to speak and I'm supposed to do this. And, you know, and this one time I'm in my room bored because I'm just sitting there. So I started worshiping Jesus. Because, you know, my joy wasn't going to come from me preaching. You know what? My joy wasn't even going to come from people getting saved and they got saved. My joy is from the Lord. So I started worshiping the Lord.